We are a group of friends bound by our appreciation for liberty and good podcasting. Free-minded thinkers from all walks of life, our values come together with one accord to discuss the common culture and news of the day, along with whatever random crap is going on in our lives. Welcome to the Union of the Unknowns. We have an amazing guest today, a friend of mine, um, Cool Water. Hey, Cool Water. How you doing? <laughs> so I, him and I met uh, years ago at a music conference. So um, that was super exciting. And that was uh, his stage name, but he can share a little bit more of that in a minute. Uh, we have also our Renaissance man, uh, Kiel Thor. Howdy. Although he, he shut his, he shut, he shaved his mustache off, his handlebar mustache. And, uh, and then myself, uh, Jacqueline ATL connector. How's everybody doing? Not too bad. <laughs> hey, uh, cool. Um, you had wrote a book, um, a guide to banking while black. So uh, I'd love to learn a little bit about your background, share a little bit about your background and what started that. Uh, well, first and foremost, I appreciate you all for having me <clears throat> on the show. Me and you, of course, like you said, we've been knowing each other, I guess, almost 20 years now. Um, in which case, I, I did meet Jackie at a music conference. I don't even think we really spoke too much, but we've seen each other over a number of times at various events and whatnot. So <clears throat> originally, I was in the rap, you know, the music business on the rap side. Um, you know, ran that for a number of years, and as the years progressed and the music industry changed, um, we all started the friends of mine started to go into more of the uh internet space, in which case I started blogging and um got into a, a program by a guy named Jack Humphrey, he had blog blogging success or blog for success, so I kind of started there. <clears throat> and from there, just kind of started to, you know, get a background in the Internet and what that was all about. And then uh, Ja War, which you're familiar with, he started, he was writing the books for the Music Industry Connection series. And then Barry Brown had live on, on stage live review with Lady X. So we kind of evolved. And as time went on, um, I took on the title of blogger and then now it's content marketer slash blogger if you will so i think back was it 2013 or 15 we had a situation in atlanta um where there was some some racial issues some racial tension going on if, if i'm not mistaken jermaine dupree and killer mike were spearheading that event and the mantra was Take your money out of the more mainstream banks and go to these black banks over here and put your money in there. <clears throat> so as I'm watching and listening to that um, and just kind of soaking it up and, you know, watching the marches on TV, being that I do a lot of reading and a lot of studying on historical events and things of that nature. I said, well, that's great, but that's not going to have no major impact. So that's what led me to write 
the uh, book, a, a how-to guide to banking black. And it's a short book. It's not very long. It's about 40 pages. So I wrote that as a treatise to what they were doing because they were advertising, go sign up, get your money in the black bank. But in the reality, I knew that the corporation still had the predominant uh, stronghold, if you will, over most of the community in Atlanta. When you talk about these big banks like Wells Fargo, Chase, um, what else we got down here? Bank of America. You know, these banks still play a major role and they're pretty much segmented and sit segmented in the black community. So that's what brought it about. That's what made me write the book. Uh, most of the people, because I kind of wrote it from a cultural standpoint, seem to enjoy it. So, you know, I just kind of roll with it like that. That's awesome. <laughs> and so in some of it, you had really kind of talked about um, like the kind of the start of the banking industry and stuff like that, I believe is what you told me. Um, well, yeah, in a sense, but okay. So it, it, it technically revolved around the slave industry, if you will, and those slaves being freed, uh, you know, after the civil war. So I kind of based it from there, but then we also talked about, you know, the Rothschilds who were the initial, uh, forefathers of the banking industry, if you will. Right. So okay. Anthony Rothschild and his sons are really the forefathers of the banking industry, in which case their, uh, I guess you could say business model, is what we all participate in today. Once that Ams, Ams, if I might be pronouncing it wrong, Amstel, Amsdale Rothschild figured out that if I gave you a certain amount of money, and then I could take that money and hold it, but give you back a piece of paper as a ledger and then turn around and take that same amount of money that I'm holding and lend that to somebody else and repeat the process, which is what we call fractional reserve banking yeah. today. I can make a lot of money. And then if I can franchise the same business model to my sons who go all over Europe and do the same thing. Now we got something that we can really tap into and, and be the $600 trillion family that we are today. Yeah. So that's kind of kind of where that came from. But from the standpoint of on the surface level, what I did, basically talking about the slaves, the Freedmen's Bureau, and those freed men that came out of slavery and were given an allotment, what some of you all may have heard of or already know is 40 acres and a mule, you know, that came from the um <clears throat> You know, after the Reconstruction era and allowed those individuals to try to build up some economics uh stability for themselves so they had the federal savings loans and trust uh corporation is where the slaves put their money in looking to get some type of economic you know uplift um but that didn't work in the long run so it didn't you know we we i didn't really go deep on the other side of the banking industry if you will with some of the more predominant major players i kind of kept that you know surface level so you know People yeah. could get a basic foundation of what, you know, just kind of what was going on, you know, during the slave the slavery times, if you will. That's kind of what, you know, I kind of lean, lean into that. But I did yeah. mention some of those guys, you know, the Rothschilds, Lords of London, J.P. Morgan and Chase, you know, yada, yada, yada. <clears throat> wow. Yeah. Okay. 
it says uh, here they their uh, their family banking business pioneered international high finance during the industrialization of Europe uh, in supporting railway systems across the world. Uh, that was when they uh, with the railway systems and stuff like that that they had worked with um, Carnegie as well yeah carnegie partnering with them and stuff like that the railway system yeah, all those guys yeah carnegie uh 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 rockefeller yeah uh yep. Warburg, you know all those guys were really you could say the pioneers who kind of laid down the foundation of the americas in a sense from an industrial standpoint yeah, they kind of put the infrastructure in place, if you will. Yeah. You know, laying those rail lines from one part of the America all the way to the West Coast. You know, you got Carnegie. You know, Rockefeller. You know, he 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 leaned more, even though he was part of the rail system. He leaned more in on that oil. That's where we get the Standard and Oil. You know, Exxon yeah. Mobil, BP, all those guys. He was more in that realm. And kind of built his fortune, and being as somebody like a uh, Vanderbilt, <clears throat> and him had disputes, and Vanderbilt started going through financial problems. Okay, Carnegie was able to come back in, suppress the oil price in a certain kind of way, suppress the prices of what uh, Vanderbilt was doing, and then turn around and then scoop up and buy all of what Vanderbilt got, and then became a powerhouse in that realm too with him owning a large percentage of the rail industry, owning a large percentage of the oil industry, and him at the time becoming one of the richest men in America uh, during that time period. Yeah. So, yeah, they were they were um, some power players, if you will. So um, I'm just looking at that link there, Wikipedia, where it, it talks about under an international high finance section. And that from 1895 through 1907, they loaned near four, nearly $450 million to European governments. It also says here they were directly involved in the independence of Brazil from Portugal in the early 19th century. Upon an agreement, the Brazilian government should pay a compensation of two million pounds sterling to the kingdom of Portugal to accept Brazil's independence. <laughs> So they basically bought their way out. And then I guarantee you that the Rothschild loaned them that money to pay for them to get out. So that way they could own them. Well, yeah. Um, you know, a lot of it was backdoor financing. Yeah. Now, you know, the Rothschilds being, like to say, the grandfathers of them all, you know, they had subsidiaries and people that they tapped into. Of course, they would have a family. Like a Rockefeller, they will have the Carnegies. They will have uh, J.P. Morgan and Chase got some funding from the Rothschilds. Yeah. Um, and they just, again, take their business model all around the world. So you need funding. You know, we'll give you what you need. But in return, you know, we're going to need to tap into X amount of ownership in this country, uh, you know, through, like you said, financing the banking. You know, could be oil, could be land. You know things of that nature. So they put their their hooves, if you will, into a lot of these countries that today are probably still hemorrhaging in debt um, and has not been able to recover based on the simple fact that you know they can't pay it back. 
You know, I mean, because yeah. I mean, you think the United States of America, they say what we, I think we thirty two plus trillion in debt. Yeah, somewhere in there, and as a result, well, that's that's the banker boys, <laughs> you know, because I mean, once they once nineteen thirteen hit, and you got these guys like J.P. Morgan, you know, you got Rockefeller, you got um. Warburg, all these guys decided to go down here to Jekyll Island uh, in Florida, had these meetings and discuss, you know, what we need to do to ensure, you know, having a stronghold as far as, you know, uh, uh, of the finances in the banking industry in the United States of America. Well, you got the situation that we got today. So it's, yeah. it's, it's a situation where they, you know, we're in debt, but we're in debt to the international bankers, if you will. Mm. So mm -hmm. that's kind of their the international banking community the Rothschilds and the guys sitting atop that's kind of their their um, tactic is they they lend money to countries for things that they know they're not going to be able to repair easily and then they just kind of own those countries right they own the governments they own the people that's and right that sounds about what they do similar it. to the uh, in 2008 here, right, banks would float these easy loans to people knowing that they aren't going to be able to pay back very easily and then they can just force mm -hmm. on the loan, right? Mm-hmm, mm -hmm. Even the domain, <laughs> a lot of it, uh, especially with the land. I don't, I don't know, you know in that, that, that domain is an appropriate term for but it. The reason why I brought that up, the reason why I said that is 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 I'm saying like, for example, you talk about the bad mortgages that were given out to yeah. those individuals, but then you have individuals who, for example, he may own his own land. There was a guy in particular, he owned his own land, you know, living his life, him and his family, you know, they got a house on the land. Well, somebody in the city decides that, you know, they want the land. And then they got the laws in place <clears throat> so they can come and confiscate it, even though you fighting back and you file the necessary paperwork and you go into court. At some point, the city says, you know, due to the domain laws, you know, we can take this from you. we're just going to take it. And a lot of that happened, too, over the course of, you know, 08 and even during the pandemic. A lot of people lost, they, you know, they lost their livelihood and their land and and, and, you know, property and things of that nature through um, what you want to call, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Un, unlawful means, if you will. And, 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 you know, people, people, you know, still trying to fight to get back. But that guy that I seen, and I don't know if y'all seen or not, but he was on YouTube. He lost his land. He owned the land. But they was able to come in and do something through eminent domain and take, take his land from him, you know, him and his family. So it's a tricky game. <clears throat> So expand on that a little bit, uh, at least in that specific example. So they, in in order for eminent domain to really work, at least in theory, is that there has to be a a legitimate, or whether you agree with it or not, uh, a reason for the government to obtain the land for the greater public good. And I I know there are some classic examples of that being used for the wrong reasons, uh, like like uh, there was the 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 homes that were taken over in New Jersey or something like that, in order to hand it over to a developer, 
so they could create a whole bunch of profitable strip malls that tax revenues would have helped. At least that was the, uh, the rationale. But then it ended up, the developer didn't do anything with it, and they were just people just lost their homes. You know, they were paid for them, but they nothing happened there. So, what was the reason why they were they were claiming eminent domain on this person's land? Well, I believe because the city um, wanted to expand in that area, and it could have been dealing with real estate. Uh, it could have been dealing with, you know, drilling oil. I mean, drilling for for whatever uh, city official needs that might have been based. I mean, because you pretty much explained what it is. Um, but I don't remember. It's been a while, but I'm, I referenced that particular thing because that also plays a role in what you mentioned about, you know, the crisis that we had in 08. But just like you said, there is some greater good that the city feels that they need the land for and as a result we're going to offer you this money it's not going to be a full value for the land and if you don't take it at some point we just gonna move you off of it right. <laughs> exactly not- which is some bullshit because yeah. how are you going to come in and say you're going to take this you're not going to give me the full value when they know darn well that they're going to make their money back on that for the value not only that but what's up background noise uh it, so not only that but them oh uh oh my god i totally lost my train of thought <laughs> well I, I can give you a story I, a guy I used to know uh his dad owned a like a shop like a auto body shop gas station off of right off of Highway 85 in Atlanta. It was just, just northeast of Atlanta. And so he, this guy, the, the friend of mine, kind of inherited it from his dad. Uh, and so he owned it for a number of years. And then they were expanding 85, the width of it. And they, they pulled an eminent domain on his gas station. He didn't want to sell it. But they said, we're expanding the highway, so we got to take this land away from you. And so that's what happened. Mm-hmm. That, that's what I was mm-hmm. thinking, is that they, so you have these contractors and stuff like that, or these on these bigger business guys like BlackRock that are coming in and they're greasing the government. And so they're saying, hey, you got to come in and take this. And they're using the government's power to go ahead and give this land to their buddies. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm absolutely 100% against eminent domain. I I can't, can't for the life of me think of a legitimate reason why government should be able to forcefully take land from somebody, from a legitimate landowner. I mean, because it's it's in the name of the greater good, which I, I don't like that whole concept either, but uh, it's, it's built into the federal system and it can happen, you know? Uh, I just, I don't know. I'm it's it's too too much of a a judgment call whosoever is making the decision as to what is the greater good, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that is true. That is true. I don't think the government should own land anyway, but that's a whole other conversation. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So what? Do you well, think? you know. Yeah. Go ahead. Cool. Well, well, on, on to his point. When you start talking about um, 
we'll say we'll say the forefathers of the industrial age. You know, the government was giving out millions of acres of land to uh, new immigrant arrivals and those individuals like Vanderbilt, Carnegie, uh, Rockefeller, J.P. Morgan and Chase. You know, they was giving out these millions and hundreds of thousands of acres of land that technically would be owned and were owned by other people at that time. So they just decided that they was going to take it. And, 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 you know, like you said, the government shouldn't be owning it. And they probably don't necessarily quote unquote, probably say that on the books, but mm. it's just one of those things where, you know, he who has the power makes the, you know, makes the rules. And that's what we seem to be dealing with, with a lot of things that are going on now and have went on in the past. So that's just to add to your to your uh, comment about that. You was going to say something else, Jack? Yeah, I was just going to say, like, what did you think about, like, the, um, like, with everything now, with, like, the banking banks starting to collapse and fall? Um, and then the government I think it's, backing it's, even more than what they are supposed to. Well, I mean, you know, we, we're, we're heavily in debt, you know, um, it's it's a house of cards that's been you know slowly you know uh, ready to fall. Um, we haven't really seen the brunt of it yet. Like we just kind of got a little taste of it. I think it's going to be more banks that fail. Excuse me. And you know the question becomes, you know, how do you protect yourself? I think that's one of the major issues. So. I just been kind of watching the news and just kind of taking notes. You know, you get somebody like Dave Ramsey who will say, well, you know, ain't nothing going to happen, <laughs> but the money disappears. Somebody money disappearing. So I, you know, I, I would beg to differ. So I think it's going to be a continuation of something uh, coming down the pipeline. We just, we, you know, we got a lot of debt, you know, we in a lot of other people's business with, 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 you know, trying to leverage, ourselves into their debt. Yeah. Um, you know, derivatives, T bonds. I mean, we we just we just got too much going on and that you know after a while it's just gonna collapse. So it's just a matter of time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of um it's just kind of crazy. It's just so much like inner entanglements and stuff like that that is um part of it we've done a couple of episodes on uh banking and stuff like that and um with uh crypto and stuff are you investing in crypto i thought you did a couple of times cool i did once i threw uh, i threw some pennies in there <laughs> and that's what it was not you know not knowing you know what i was doing yeah. and still probably don't know uh i think i put 50 on the books and came back, and I thought my money was gone. So I checked back, man, several months later, and I'm like, where's my money? I said, oh, man, they just stole my money, you know. Uh -huh. So came back again, and I think I had, like, $200 in there. Oh, wow. So I said, I better go and get this little bit of money, you know. So I got my little bit of money. Uh, but I have not been a religious person trying to make a buck off of crypto. Yeah, yeah. I think there's going to be... There'll be another bull run. People are saying later on this year is what they're saying. Yeah, that's what I heard. It's going to pick up. But 
I, you know, I mean, I, I, if I do anything, I got to have a limit, you know, I said, okay, well, let me put a thousand in there. Let me put something I can lose because it's just, it's so volatile. You just don't know. And then we're not, we're not the ones, you know, behind the scenes yeah. yeah, making everything work. So it's going to be, it's going to be hard to say. Yeah. But I played with it though. I definitely did. Hoping, I was hoping I could put a dollar and get a billion back. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what they do. that's what go on, man. <laughs> right. uh, so, do you think? So, you think the the banking system is going to collapse, collapse, or is it just we're it's in a slump and it'll come back and everything will be fine? Like it I think it's going. I think there's going to be a collapse, collapse, and then we'll get the Fed coin. Okay, because they got everybody's going. You know. They want to go digital, yeah. <clears throat> and um, it there there has to be a reasoning for that to happen. There has to be something has dramatic, in my personal opinion, has to happen in order for them to push everybody into a closed capsule where it's all digital, less access to cash. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and and there has to come some kind of way where we say, okay, the economy didn't crashed. You know, it's you know, these banks are going hard to recover, it's gonna be hard to move cash. We need y'all to come sign up for this. Cause they're already saying they're already touting that the Fed coin, I think, is ready to go in some form of fashion, like July, August, they're gonna start kind of promoting that. To get people to start putting their money, their cash into the, you know, that, that depository so they can get comfortable with using the government coins. But at the end of the day, it don't benefit the people because we lose control. Right. Yeah. I, I, you see what I'm I think they've already got a, a digit like a digital coin going in New York, New York State, I think. Like the mm -hmm. state bank there mm -hmm. has issued those. I'm not sure about that. Right. But yeah, that definitely is. I mean, crypto's great, but when the government's going to start using it, it's, uh, they're going to you're going to lose control of your own finances. What little control you have over it already? Exactly. Yeah, the dollar bill, like the physical, actual dollar in your hand, is still the only way that's untraceable for people to be able to give money to each other, and they don't want that. And then they're like, mm -hmm. oh. Well, you said a bad word, like demolition man. That's it. You cannot buy anything uh -huh. else. You cannot take any money out of your ATM. You are actually <clears throat> of drinking soda for the day. That's it. Uh -huh. You uh -huh. are, and it's in, and and they're, what they're, the excuse that they're going to use is is oh well if you're on our, our affordable health care, if you're on the government health care and you're costing all these people in our system millions of dollars because you choose to live an unhealthy life. So we're gonna you're gonna have to be penalized for that. Yep. Yeah, I think that social uh what is it, social, social rating score or social credit score. Yeah, I think that's where that I think that's where that's gonna play in. Um you know, where they'll kind of be able to rate, you know, the, the citizen based on his participation in society, you know, yeah. excellent, good, bad, average, below average, uh, which is really based off of the communism model of China. Um, so I think we still got some time before we really see 
that come into effect, you know, probably later in the, you know, I would probably say 2027. I was thinking, you know, when it really, but 2027, it it might, it might go that far, you know, if it does, that'd be cool. But I mean, you know, the, the problem is again, we still lose power. And then, you know, you start talking about banking. Okay. Well, if you digital, I mean, you, you don't have no control, mm. you know, going into because I just, you know, I don't bank. I used to bank at Chase. I got kicked out of there. Um, Me too. <laughs> yeah, but it was kicked out of Chase. It was, you know, it, it, yeah, I got kicked out of Chase, but it wasn't. It, 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 me and a girl, we was flirting. <laughs> so that that the long story short is, I think I I didn't say nothing out the way. But whatever it was, I, it was out the way. So I got kicked out of Chase. But I know I went to a few Chase banks, and they have the automated tellers. You know, you walk in, you see the big screen, you go that route. Now, I, I, I tend to bank at a credit union. This is my you know, primary yeah. uh, uh, institution. Okay, so they're telling me, we're getting ready to go. Um, automated. We're going to, you know, we're building out now where you come in, you go straight to the window or to the computer and you punch in what you need to have done. We'll have people on deck. They'll be in those little cubicles, those offices. But for the most part, you know, it's not going to be any, any live interaction between you and a human. You know, you need to get a deposit. You put your information in, you, you know, you punch your buttons, spits out your money. Now, if you need to talk to somebody, of course, there's somebody there from customer service, or you go sign the little pen and pad, and then you wait to go see somebody in the, you know, in one of the rooms, you know what? and then you could talk about that. You know what's an issue with that is like, I'm with Delta, and mm-hmm. I, there's only like one ATM here in Florida that uses mm. Delta. I got to go into a shared branch and actually meet with a teller and give them the money to deposit it into the shared branches. So if they're going to do something like that, they got to fix and make it more accessible where everything's going to be available through the ATM. Well, I think I think they are, and it's not necessarily... I mean, because you go to the ATM, you can make deposits in the ATM. I know, but you but, can't but, with a shared branch. Well, well, here's the thing. This is what I'm getting at. So... We used to be part of the shared branch. I could go into the Delta Community Bank, do what I needed to do. Okay, they took us out. So I think as they continue to refine the system, it'll get smoother with time. But again, it'd be less interaction between you and a live person because there's no need when when the, the, the automated teller can do about 80% 80% of what you need, unless you got to have a home loan, car loan, uh, you know, issue a credit card or something to, to that effect, new debit cards, and you have to sit down with somebody, most of your banking needs can be met right there at the computer or, at, you know, at the window. Yeah. So I think they're going to refine that over time so it'll be a little bit smoother. But again, it puts you in a bad situation, like you said, I got to go in and I got to, you know, I want to get my money in the situation or get it deposited as quickly as possible. But I still had to go through the middleman. So at the end of the day, I think that's where the drawback is going to be on that, um, you know, down the line. And eventually, 
you know, those employees, it'll get smaller and smaller. You know, it might have been five and then it'll go to three and then it'll go to two. And then eventually it just had maybe, you know, one or two managers on deck. But if you need to speak with somebody, you just pick up the phone and it'll be somebody somewhere in, uh, you know, India somewhere. Who knows? Yeah. And they, you know, they they do all your, you know, your processing for all your customer service inquiries. Yeah. So. Time will tell. Yeah. Time will tell. It's kind of like the world of Xfinity. If you've ever tried to call them and try to get through to a human before using their stupid chat feature, their AI stupid chat feature, oh. it is impossible. And they're like, well, you're going to have to wait longer if you don't have something call you back. But I'm thinking, I already did all that. Why do I got to freaking wait again? This is ridiculous. (coughs) I found, um, I just looked it up online, like how you can get access to someone directly. And someone shared a YouTube video. I posted it on my Facebook, but shared a YouTube video on um, how for the link to put your number in to have Xfinity call you back right away. (laughs) Well, so my experience, uh, several, several years ago, I got out of the physical banking thing and I've just been doing online banking since then. So all that kind of sounds pretty normal to me. I mean, I don't I can't remember the last time I've had a need to deposit cash and any checks and any, anything you can scan those with your phone and send and it deposit. You feel pretty comfortable with it? Yeah, it's it's been fine for me. Uh, you, I, can, okay. I can visit lots of different ATMs as long as they've got a particular um, association brand on it. Um, mm-hmm. I can go to any of those ATMs and get cash if I need it, which I do pretty, you know, once in a while and it's fine, but I don't, uh, there's no physical location anywhere. So I can't go somewhere and sit down and talk to somebody, but I, I honestly can't, I'd have no need for that anyway. And, but the, mm-hmm. the main reason why I enjoy doing the, online banking is that you get better um, interest rates on your savings and checking accounts and that sort of thing. Mm, okay. I got you. So, and I can understand that. Yeah, yeah, I can understand that. That's overhead for them. You know, I get it. Yeah. I just haven't made it there yet. Uh, that's like, that would be like the equivalent of using Cash App or PayPal as my primary financial institution. Yeah. When I know that there's some glitches, <clears throat> and a lot of times it's more glitches often than I would like. I've had, you know, issues with PayPal or, you know, whatever. So I, I, I haven't reached that place yet. I still kind of like that physical, you know, physical touch, if you will. Yeah, I, I, I get that. I, I agree. I mean, I'm I'm kind of an old school guy. I like, mm-hmm. I like the physical printed media and all that kind of stuff. So right, I get right. that. But, uh, I mean, if, I, if it means... An extra, an extra uh, percent of interest per year in a savings account. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take that every time, you know. Mm-hmm. And, I and then I can I can pay all my bills from the bank, the the website. Mm-hmm. You know? I do all that yeah. online for the most part. Yeah. However, I like to have the option to go in. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's and I had to go do a deposit this morning and I'm sitting in the drive through and it was just like the person was just taking forever. Mm. 
And that was at Delta? No, it was at a sister bank. Oh, okay. It was down here in Florida. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think the brick and mortar banks are gonna go away. Yeah, I think they're going to go. Uh, I mean, again, that's 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 the whole purpose of going automated. You know, inevitably, you know, they do that and then they minimize the amount of branches that you got, and then you know, eventually, it puts everybody to go online. Yeah, because that's what they prefer anyway. Most of us do our work online versus going into the branch. So. Uh, you know, who knows? 15 years from now, you know, it probably won't be no physical banks that you just walk into. You know, you probably have to, you know, do it all online and, you know, make your request through email and, you know, just all that stuff that comes in. So, and on the other I hand, can see that. If I were, if I were, I mean, I have, you know, direct deposit from work, so I don't really work with cash a whole lot in my day-to-day -day mm -hmm. life. But if I did, I don't, mm -hmm. I don't know if I would put it in a bank anyway, you know, if I, if I have cash, I keep it, you know, just here, like at, you know, in my wallet or at my house or whatever. I don't I have a lot of cash. I don't, I don't walk around with it, but I don't go, I don't go try to deposit it because I don't, I don't feel like right. I need to do that. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, maybe if I had a, a, a briefcase full of cash that I legitimately acquired, then maybe I'd, I might get a, Try to deposit that. Yeah, it's hard to say. You know, I mean, uh, you know, the question becomes: Well, you know, how much cash do you, you know, have at the house versus leaving in a bank, or mm -hmm. you know, and that that might be a, uh, uh, you know, a question that you know has to be sat down and discussed with family. But I mean, right maybe, now, for me, huh? Yeah, maybe twenty years ago, my my opinion would be different. But you know, right. I don't. Uh, I like I like having cash on hand. You know, I don't. I don't want to give it to the bank to just hang on to it for me. You know. Right. 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 Yeah, I can <clears throat> definitely can understand that. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. I had to step away for a minute. So I kind of missed what you guys were talking about but we're just discussing the pros and cons of online banking versus brick and mortar oh. experience um i don't know i was pretty so, excited when you were able to start depositing checks through uh mobile banking one time for my business check it was too big that i wasn't able to mobile deposit it actually had to walk into a teller so that would be kind of annoying. Then you're going to have to sit. I hate having to sign my name, wait for someone. It just takes forever because you're going to have less people. And you're still going to have an older community that's, I mean, it's going to take another 10 to 15 years for the older community to die off and for other people to be okay with not having to speak to an actual teller. And yeah, I think it's going to be a while uh, before that takes effect. But again, you know, it's a process. You know what I mean? Like, I remember when we didn't have no debit cards. And that ain't been that long ago. Yeah. You know, you like want your cash, you go to the bank and take it out, and then you put it in your pocket. But now it's debit card, credit card. So that, you know, that took some getting used to. 
So it won't be long. It just depends upon, you know, <clears throat> the nature of technology, I think, and when they move, how fast they move, you know, this the situation forward in the long run. But um, you know, I'm kinda I'm kinda on both sides. You know, I got a little money in the car, in the bank and then I try to keep a little money, you know, with me and uh whatnot. So, you know, like I said, I'm just watching, trying to watch and and and, and forecast. You know, how, where is this economy going? That's I think that's the biggest, biggest issue of all. You know, where are we going to end up? You know, where are we going to end up with? And then you got, you know, you got Trump out here, you know, catching all these indictments. And, you know, we just got to it's just a plethora of, of, of stuff going on. It's just like a tornado out here. So, yeah. you know, we don't you know, I, I don't know exactly kind of where, you know, to place my feet down, so to speak, that's going to be stable, <clears throat> you know, with everything going on. So I don't think the banking crisis is quite over yet, though. No, in my personal opinion, mm -hmm. it's definitely going to continue. I mean, if Silicon Valley, that Valley, if Silicon Valley Bank was able to collapse, um, then I can definitely see some other ones, especially some that may be heavily invested and different types of um, technology and stuff like that that may start to become extinct. I don't know. I, I, I'm not so blackpilled that I believe it's going to all come crashing down, you know, anytime soon. I, I think our economy is just going to go up and down like it always has. And we'll have, we'll have dips. And I think, I think a big turning point is going to be once the, uh, the, if the, uh, the, if the, if the U S dollar ends be, being the world's currency, I think that'll be a big problem for us since we've got so much debt. And I've, I've always heard that, that amount of debt that's like 30 trillion in debt right now or something like that 40 trillion uh -huh. that's not that big a deal as long as the dollar is the main ex uh, currency of exchange in the world but that appears to be and i and i don't know why that's that's okay but the uh the uh it seems like that could be changing uh -huh. I mean, you got russia is it, at least in that regard, is aligned with India and, mm -hmm. and all of these other countries that aren't taking this Ukraine thing as you know ridiculously as we are. That, that, that Brexit uh, uh, situation, I, I think, I just think we've been the big bad wolf for so long that other countries are saying, well, you know, it's time that we, you know, rally up because we, we've been the dominant force around the world. And if you can get China, who is now, you know, coming into being a, one of the second largest superpowers, and we use the yuan as a, the, the main war, at least they use it on that side of the globe as the main currency, that puts us in a bad situation. And then, of course, China being that it's going around buying into every country, you know, yes. through infrastructure and land. Maybe that's what they're doing with their spy balloon. Is there there? It's like kind of like a drone where you're like spot. You're investigating your property or like the ring camera where you have like a ring out there for your own property. 
<laughs> or maybe they're like, you know, uh, like those guys that go out and like search for properties and stuff like that. They're like, listen, we're just trying to find for some new property to buy. <laughs> we just yeah, have they to buy. balloon making it happen. <laughs> they buying. I mean, that's what I'm saying. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't think we, you know, we just we we don't have enough. We just don't have enough supporters at this time day and age. Um, I think Saudi Arabia did they get in? They they coming in to the Brexit agreement now too, if I'm not mistaken. I know they supposed to be cutting back on the oil. I'm not familiar, but I know. I think I heard the other day they're going to cut cutting back on the production of oil, so the oil is going to rise. Yeah. Um, for like having a green economy or something like that. Uh, no, I don't know about that. I just they just cutting down on the production, but I guess for them, it, you know, they make more money than they're going to make more money because the price of oil is going to go up. So, mm, but again, yeah. you got all these other countries. Like I said, they're rallying, you know, behind one another. So it's going to be interesting to see if the dollar can hold on uh, much longer. Because at this point, it's, it's 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 on his last few legs. We just we don't have enough, we don't have enough support uh, with these other guys pulling out. So, yeah. all right. So, what would you recommend instead of the dollar? We should invest our dollars in in order to prepare for <clears throat> such an event. Uh, well, first, I ain't a financial advisor, so I'm gonna put that disclaimer out there quick. I don't think anybody is but, listening to our show looking for official. Oh, yeah, I mean, I give you my opinion. No, trust me, <laughs> we, do opinion. A, we do a uh, weekly show called We Do a Weekly Show on News Stories talking about the clown world we live in, and mm. uh, yeah, we're all like just friends that are. Uh, like drinking or whatever, just hanging Ooh. out, having conversations about okay. stuff. And then we have that's called our segment is not your mama's news. And then we have our union of the unknowns, kind of where we do our deep dives or we just have high level conversations about different things that um, are happening in the world or what our you know opinions and stuff like that are. Uh, <clears throat> make the claim that it's for entertainment purposes only. So, mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> whatever you get from it. For know, entertainment purposes. <laughs> yeah, so for entertainment purposes, <laughs> right. uh, my my research allegedly of course, of course, this is just for me talking. This is basically for me answering his question. This is what I've done my homework on. Precious metals is still an area that needs to be looked into. Uh I do buy silver. Gold is high. You know, you can get it in the grams, but, you know, the ounce is $2,000 an ounce. So I'm saying, well, I got to figure out, you know, when I'm going to let that go. It's $2,000 is what I'm getting at. And try to buy a few of those because we're talking about the dollar versus gold. So you know that, you know, one is brother and sister. When one goes up, the other's going to go down. So they're speculating that gold will go very high in the near future. Um, and then I, I kind of follow some of these other pundits, man, and a few of them are talking international markets, you know, investing money in places like um, some some Chinese companies, some Indian companies. Um, you know, we could always say oil, but that's a hit and miss. Some commodities, you know, the, the eggs and the wheat and the corn and livestock. <clears throat> so I kind of been looking at that. Crypto is always still a conversation. 
Um, but you know, that's to be determined because you know it's a hit and miss with that. So mm -hmm. everybody, you know, just like Peter Schiff, I don't know if y'all follow him, but he's you know, his his he's a big advocate of get, you know, don't invest in cash, don't invest in nothing uh relative to American companies and American dollars, you know, go international. You know, look at these these other emerging economies. So I just kind of been studying that and, you know, kind of trying to see what my next move is going to be, you know. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'll be. I can't I can't I can't quite say I got it nailed down, though. So when you invest in precious metals, are you actually physically buying like gold coins and things that you have physically or are you investing in like uh, gold uh, as if it were like a stock? No, um, I haven't bought the gold yet, but um, I, I do buy physical silver. Okay. So oh, oh, in 08, not really knowing what I was doing, I bought some silver through Monex. I don't know if you're familiar with them. Monex.com. And I paid $3,500 for three ounces of uh, silver. And the lady, you know, was like, well, you want me to mail it? And I said, well, no, keep it. Because I didn't know what I was, you know, I didn't know what was going on. So then she called me about two weeks later and she says, it's been a margin call. So I said, well, what's a margin call? So then she said, you got to pay the difference, meet the difference in the price going down or either you sell. So I said, well, hell, sell. And then she sends me the leftover amount. I think it was like 1900 So I lost money, right? But I paid my car off with the rest of the check. So, you know, I kind of sat around and, you know, kind of did a little homework over the years. So as of last year, year and a half, I, I started going to these coin dealers. And, you know, you walk in the dealer and then you could actually talk, you know, to the guy. So me and one guy was talking. I said, well, man, what, what? How is it that I paid thirty five hundred dollars for three ounces of silver? Like, make that math. If I'm paying thirty three dollars to get an ounce from you, and she charged me three thousand five hundred for three ounces, make the math make sense. So he was like, "Well, she might have had you on the futures market." And I said, "Oh, okay. Well, I don't know what the futures market is, but he was explaining it to me." So I kind of been going that route and getting my education from them directly. I haven't bought anything. Well, let me take that back. I did go online, jmbullion.com, and they had some pretty good good sales. And I've been buying silver off and on from them. But it's like $23, $30 something, maybe out, out the door, it might be $37. And they'll send you a one-ounce round. So I like that process because, you know, I get to take my time. I get to learn a little bit. The goal, I just haven't gave up $2,000 plus yet. But, you know, again, at some point I'll probably get there. Yeah. So that's kind of what I have. I have not invested in paper, gold, so-called currency. Uh, you know, the, the mantra is if it's not in your hand, you don't own it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's paper, of course. Right. Um. And then I'm sure they have some retirement accounts that give you that. They're like a certificate saying you own this until they go out of business. And they're like, oh, well, sorry. Yeah, they can't, they can't send it to you because they don't never have They don't even have it. So, yeah, I, I kind of, you know, I walk in the coin does. And what I'm learning is, because I'm asking all these questions. Okay, well, what happens if the economy crashes? You know, the banks, da 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 da, da. And, uh. You know, one of the guys was like, he said, well, if the banks go down and the economy crash, he said, we're going to be on a barter and trade system anyway. So gold and silver ain't even going to matter. Right. So then I go to the bank and I asked the girl, this at the credit union about about a month ago. I said, well, 
we having all these banking crises. I said, so is, is the credit union in good shape? I said, I thought we was a non-for-profit entity. She said, no, nah, we for profit. I said, what we what we invest in? She said, we do mortgages and car loans. I said, okay. I said, well, if I walk in here with a gold coin, I want to pay on a, a you know, car or whatever. She's like, I'm not going to take it. I said, well, why not? She said, because I can't. So they don't have a way of a medium of exchange unless it gets legalized by somebody like the governor. You see what I'm saying? They're not now there's certain states already that have legal tender where you got legal tender silver and they're using gold and silver as a means of exchange. Like you can Google it to 21 states or something that's legalized gold and silver, mm -hmm. but they don't have a means of exchange. So then I went to the grocery store one time and I said, well, Hey man, if I come in here with um, some junk silver and I got this dime and the dime is not a dime, it's valued at $2 and 50 cents. I want to give me some milk. What you going to do? He said, I ain't going to do nothing. He said, because we ain't got nobody on staff who can tell us the exact price of what that is. So, you know, all roads lead back to these coin dealers and these coin uh, companies. When you start talking about investing and then getting your money back for your investment. So that's, you know, that's a that's a, a lot of research in itself, because, you, you know, you would think that if something bad happens, you know, you whip out this gold coin, you can run up the hill and everybody going to be compliant. But most people going to close the door on you. Because they don't know what to do unless it gets legalized, you know, by the governor or they do a federal mandate that, you know, we allow to use gold and silver as legal tender. But other than that, you know, you kind of shit creep to be real honest with you. <laughs> so, it's supposed to be backed by dollar. I mean, the dollar is supposed to be backed by gold, but then they have no way, like what you were saying, no way to exchange that. It's kind of like when you can't buy anything with like Bitcoin or whatever, you have to exchange it back into fiat currency, or mm -hmm. fake currency, because like only a dollar bill has the value that we all put on it. But outside right. of that, it's just a piece of paper. It's just a piece of paper. Uh, so the dollar yeah. hasn't been backed by anything since um, Nixon. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think Nixon took, Nixon took it off the gold standard. What was I don't know when was he? 68, 69, 70 or something? 73? Uh, yeah. 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 I, I want to say early, early 70, but I could be wrong about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Since 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 then. So yeah, it's uh it's a real life monopoly game. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Ponzi scheme. Banks mm -hmm. definitely the banks do a Ponzi scheme. At some point they're gonna fall and drop. But they, you know, which is why they invest at $1, 100 for every dollar that gets put into their bank. Mm. That's why they like the big boys because they have all that money in there where, the, where some of us, like myself, to have small dollars in there. And they're like, well, we can care less about you. I'm like, shit, I'm not making much money on my money either. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So. Yes, indeed. Well, cool. Is there anything last that you'd like to say? Can you let people know where they can find your book? Um, you that book, you can go to Amazon, Amazon.com. Um, for the digital print, you go to the website, ishiphop.com, is hip hop, I'm sorry, is hip hop I have that up uh, uh, as a digital copy up there. Um that's pretty much it in that. So either or Amazon. Or is hip hop dead.com and um, and what do you, and did you talk about when you first got on? Like, what you write about on your website? 
for the blogs. Oh, well, it's entertainment. Yeah, the, the main, yeah, it's the main, the main um, areas of concern uh, on the on the on the blog is you know, it's, of course, it's entertainment. It's it's uh, culture and politics, education, business, and health. Okay. Those are the areas that I try, you know, try to try to focus on. So, um, like I did, you know, we did a little something on the, you know, the writer Hollywood writer strike, and um, then I, you know, wrote some stuff on um, social media and uh, how it affects urban schools. So, you know, it, it, it's a little bit of everything on there for everybody. You know, if you business and you know, you can find something in that area if you. You know, want to focus more on culture, you can find something in that. If you're looking for entertainment, you can find something there. So it's kind of a, you know, a plethora of information. And that's at ishiphopdead.com. So, yeah, I kind of just been kind of trying to focus on that. Haven't been writing as aggressively as I was. I'm kind of at the place where I'm trying to grow and scale. So uh, I kind of uh, fell back. You know, I hired a digital agency been working with some some agencies out of India, so that's been interesting. And, you know, they're definitely technically sound. I think there's been some hit and misses on a few uh, understandings sometimes between um, American culture and their culture. Yeah. So, um, obviously. You know, for the price... Well, soon you'll be able I to get AI it, to do it. All it. you got to do is just ask chat. Well they, well, they use AI. That's what I'm saying. See, you know, I mean, it didn't take me long to figure it out. I'll say because the article, some of the articles they wrote using AI because I'm paying them, right? And I'm like, well, I'm like, did, did, did y'all use AI for this? And the girl say, yeah. I say, okay, you can tell because it's missing the 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 flavor, the the you know the the creative part, you know the the human intuition is it, missing that. No so soul. I had to go back. And go behind them and fix it so that it had that flavor that somebody would read and say, "Oh, okay, I like this." But that's an issue in itself. Artificial intelligence, this Chat GPT, it has its place, but it, it I wouldn't put my trust in it because yeah. again, like I think you heard about the guy; he was a lawyer. He did all his briefs using Chat GPT, and then he asked Chat BGPT, "Are these briefs?" Um, are these briefs real briefs and blah blah skipping the third? And he comes back and says yes. And then he takes it and presents it, and everything in there was fake. Wow. So he, well, you know, he on the verge of losing his whole career because he put his trust in technology, and the technology is still being developed. He was being lazy. You know I mean? Yeah, he was. He was real lazy, but I'm sure he put a good amount of time in. But you know, who don't want a shortcut? You know, everybody want to get there fast. And, <laughs> Down, you know, that's the whole point of having a lawnmower. You know, you can get you can walk or you can ride. Yeah. I would prefer to get a riding more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, but yeah, so yeah, I, I played with them again. You know, like I said, it's a learning curve. Uh, but I mean, hell, um, even um, Grammarly, I don't know if you ever used that. Have you yeah, used I've Grammarly? Used that before, yeah, man, I didn't know that was. I mean, it took me a minute to really understand that that's really AI. Yeah, I didn't think about it. Put, put, I put I put my stuff in there, and 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 Grammarly would do more harm to your editing than it it'll help you. It, you got to have some basic knowledge of the English language. If you don't, you're gonna turn that stuff over, man, and it's gonna be all misconstrued because the engineers that created it they're leaving out 
some of the human intuition. It's like y'all gotta get with some more people to continue to develop it. You know, it's not cut and dry. So Grammarly will have harm you if you don't know the English language yourself. You'll think you're getting a 100 percent error free uh, 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 edit, and 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 then turn around and somebody else will read and say, "Well, this is wrong." Yeah, you know, because we know you know what it should be. So yeah, but other than that, Maybe. like I said, yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe, Kill, you think I'm AI sometimes because you translate for me inside the Discord group. Well, if you ever if you ever get on Discord, you should join our Discord called um, Union of the Unknowns. It's our okay. Discord group. And okay. you can get to it through our website, unionoftheunknowns.com. And mm -hmm. A couple of times, Keel's like, I'm going to translate. And then he translate what I'm asking or saying. <laughs> yeah. So I made a joke and said, maybe I'm AI since he has to translate for me sometimes. That's in, right. In the yep. group. That's about right. <laughs> maybe AIA, not AI. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. You, you about you about hitting it right on the nail because I'm telling you, it's not. It's not. I mean, it. I just keep hearing all these rave reviews, and I'm saying, no, man, y'all, no, uh, uh. Maybe in the future. And again, I get it. You know, you can get there faster. It can produce, you know, what you believe to be quality content. But in the long run, you're going to still have to sit down and go behind AI and do the work and look at it and read it to make sure they didn't do no, you know, mis misprint or copy plagiarism because it plagiarizes. You know, I I've seen that. And then that. I sent you that stuff. I sent you that article. On mm. it, so. But anyways, all right. We are okay. at our hour. Keel, um, thank you so much. Uh, for thank you for having me. This. Cool Water, thank you so much. Everybody, please check him out at ishiphopdead.com. Mm -hmm. And follow us and subscribe on your favorite platform. You can find all of our platforms. We're at, at unionoftheunknowns.com. Please, if you're an Apple subscriber, go on to Apple and write us a review, okay? Um, and follow the Instagram at Union Unknowns and our Twitter and our YouTube. All right. Thank you, everyone, so much. All and right. Y'all have a good evening. You too. All right. All right. Take care. Bye, cool. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Union of the Unknowns. You can find new episodes every week on all your favorite podcasting networks.